Welcome, everyone. This is Russ Galzo, Chronicles of the End Times. So glad to have you with us today. And I hope you're all doing well and seeking the Lord and praying and reading your Bibles. Because in the day in which we live, we need the knowledge of Almighty God to be around us and through us. People in the world say that knowledge is power. And there's no question about it. What kind of knowledge are we looking for? We're looking for the knowledge of God that we got to open up God's Word and look into it, study it, meditate on it, and ask the Holy Spirit to reveal more and more to us. Because the secret to growth and excitement in Christianity is personal revelation. We need to have personal revelation. And we get that from reading the Word of God. You know how many times you read the Gospels or whatever uh, your favorite books are in the Bible, and new things pop up as the Holy Spirit uh, highlights them in your heart. So these are revelations. Some are large and some are small, but it doesn't matter. It's an excitement. It feeds the soul, and it feeds the new spirit that God has given you uh, rather than feeding the flesh. So let's move on. We're going to talk about chapter 10 today. And so let's read it and see what the Holy Spirit has for us today. Then I saw another mighty angel coming down from heaven. He was robed in a cloud with a rainbow above his head, and his face was like the sun, and his legs were like fiery pillars. He was holding a little scroll, which lay open in his hand. He planted his right foot on the sea and his left foot on the land, and he gave a loud shout like the roar of a lion. When he shouted, the voices of the seven thunders spoke. And when the seven thunders spoke, I was about to write. But I heard a voice from heaven say, Seal up what the seven thunders have said, and do not write it down. Then the angel I had seen, standing on the sea and on the land, raised his hand to heaven, and he swore by him who lives forever and ever, who created the heavens and all that is in them, and the earth and all that is in it, and the sea and all that it has in it. And he said, There will be no more delay. But in days when the seventh angel is about to sound his trumpet, the mystery of God will be accomplished, just as he announced to his servants the prophets. Then the voice I had heard from heaven spoke to me once more, Go take the scroll that lies open in the hand of the angel who is standing on the sea and on the land. So I went to the angel and asked him to give me the little scroll. And he said to me, Take it, eat it. It will turn your stomach sour, but in your mouth it will be sweet as honey. I took the little scroll from the angel's hand and ate it. It tasted as sweet as honey in my mouth, but when I had eaten it, my stomach turned sour. Then I was told, You must prophesy again about many peoples, nations, languages, and kings. So let's take a look at this chapter. And each chapter is building and building towards the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ and the Battle of Armageddon. So even in heaven, the excitement is building at this point. As the Lamb has taken the scroll, as we've seen in chapter 5 and 6, and he opened it up, he broke the seals, and now it's being read. And now in this scene, we see a real image of Jesus Christ and heaven taking back the earth. John talks about a mighty angel that he saw. Now, this could be the same mighty angel he saw in chapter 5, that the mighty angel declared, you know, who is worthy to open the scroll? You remember uh, John talking about that in chapter 5. And there are many uh, very brilliant people 
that believe that, you know, this is Jesus Christ, this angel. Is it really important whether he is or not? I don't know. Uh, From my vantage point, I would say this is not Jesus Christ, only because John has already seen the Lamb. He has seen him and he recognized him. And we've already seen this mighty angel that John is referring to in other chapters. And so I believe he is an agent of the Lord Jesus Christ, as the Lord has used many mighty angels down through the years. But he is not actually Jesus, because the references so many times to the angel to the angel kind of, to me, negates the fact that he is the Lord, because the book of Revelation is the apocalypse, the unveiling of Jesus Christ. It is all about him. It is about his greatness and is about his kingship, the fact that he's Lord over all things. And so in this sense, they're calling him this angel three times. Uh, They call him an angel. And so I take it as verbatim. He's an angel. He's an angel. He's He's not the Lamb of God. He's not the Lord Jesus Christ. But the symbolism is amazing. As we see this angel put one foot in the sea and one foot on the land, what is this declaring? This is declaring that God's taken the world back. Okay, we talked about this many times. God gave the world to man. He gave it to Adam and he gave it to Eve. And they in turn turned it back and gave it to the devil. And we know that's true. We've talked about it in other studies because Jesus calls him the prince and power of the air. He calls him, you know, the king of this world, the prince of this world. So we know that this world is run by the devil. We know that all things belong to God. And here we see God reclaiming the earth that he redeemed through his son, Jesus Christ, through his blood. Not only is he redeeming people, but he is redeeming the earth and all that we call nature today. All the things that God has created and put into motion. We talked about that in the past as well. As nature is moaning and groaning, waiting for the revelation of the sons of God. All the things that God's created, every animal and every tree, everything is moaning and groaning under the weight of sin, waiting for the revelation of the sons of God in the kingdom of God in Jesus Christ. Here we see this proclamation, God is going to take everything back. And we see that there's not going to be any more delay. And I believe that is one of the heart and soul of this particular chapter. We see the seven thunders speak. And then a voice from heaven says, no, don't write those things down. So John heard whatever they were, but he didn't write them down. It's best not to guess what they were. You know, we can only say that maybe they were so horrific that God didn't want him to write them down or whatever reason he had. The uh, real underlying theme here is there will be no more delay. Things are going to move quickly from here on out. That's what the angel's saying. So he's saying that now I have this scroll, okay, this small scroll in the angel's hand. And John is told, listen, I want you to go and take the scroll from the angel. I want you to eat it. That's very interesting. I truly believe that this is the prophecies, the word of God, what is exactly what John has been shown. This is what he's been given. He's been he's given him the book of Revelation. Within it is all the prophecies that have been prophesied in Old Testament years and years ago about the coming of Jesus Christ and about how the world is going to be redeemed back 
because of him. So he takes this word of God and he eats it. And it's real sweet in his mouth. And all of a sudden it turns sour when it hits his stomach. And why is that? Well, the word of God is sweet. Even when we read the things like we read in Revelation and some of these horrible um, plagues and things that are going to happen, it's still the word of God and, and it's sweet. Even the rebuke of the Lord, David says in Psalms, is sweet. And personally, I know that myself, having heard the voice of God both sides of the coin at times when I needed to be rebuked and God had to straighten me out of my life and times when he's encouraged me. But either way, the word of God was sweet to me, even though at times when it was a rebuke, it was sweet. And so the word of God came to John, he ate it. And now when it hits his stomach, it turns sour. And why is that? Because he was told you're going to have to prophesy again to many people, nations and languages and kings. So that's the hard part. You know, when we read the word of God, that's one thing, and we enjoy it, and we say, oh, that was good. But then the Lord expects us to apply it, and he expects us to go out and be a witness for him, and be a light, and be salt for him, and, and love people, and guide people to him. And that's the hard part. That takes boldness and the Holy Spirit even Paul prayed, you know, please pray for me that I will have boldness to proclaim the word of God. And so when the word comes into our mouths, it's sweet. It's like, oh, this is just as great. I love the word of God. And then it hits our stomach and we start to digest it. And in digesting the word of God, God speaks to us. And he says, okay, this is what I want you to do. This is how I want you to act. This is how I want you to live. This is what I want you to say. And sometimes those things are tough. It's tough to live for God in this world at times. And it's only going to get worse. So we need to get strong in the Lord. You know, Ephesians chapter 6. We need to put on the armor of God. We need to get strong in the Lord and take our stand. And so John has this incredible vision. He sees this angel and he's standing on the sea and on the land. And he's declaring there's going to be no more delay. This is it. We're taking back. The kingdom of God is taking back the earth. And everything that's in it. And man is going to suffer for coming up against him. And that's basically a judgment time has come. And we talked about this in the past. You know, people are going to look at these books and they say, gee, it's awful, you know, and the tribulation is awful. Yes, it is a time that this world has never seen and will never see again. But there has to be an end of the road. God's given us this period of seven years. He's given the world seven years of this prophetic utterances of all these things that are going to take place. Why? So they will repent and turn to him. If the Lord decided today that at midnight tonight he was going to just pull the plug, many, many people will have never come to him. They will never have the opportunity. So God is merciful even in judgment. So that's chapter 10. It's a short, uh, only 11 verses. But it's setting the table in John's life that, look, after this is over, you've got to spread whatever you're seeing here. Everything you're writing down, you've got to tell the world. And here we are, you know, nearly 2,000 years later, and we're studying the words that God gave John that he wrote down. Amazing stuff. 
We're going to move on to Chapter 11 in our next episode. And I just want to thank you so much for listening and following along. I hope you're being blessed by it. We're going to just go right on through to Revelation right on to the end. And I believe it's going to be a blessing to you because it's not all hardship. It's not all terrible stuff. It is the apocalypse, the revelation of Jesus Christ. And we just see how powerful and how awesome he is. And that should help us day to day to know that our God is big enough to handle anything. So I encourage you to go on Amazon.com, check out Hidden Thrones. It's book one of a five-book series about spiritual warfare. I believe you'll be be touched by it, and uh, maybe your eyes will be opened to some things maybe you hadn't thought about. So book two is nearly done, and that'll be out this month as well. So God bless. Have a great day. I'll talk to you soon.